Hello. On this podcast, we talk about movies, their faults, their flaws, and their plots. So, expect some spoilers. You've been warned. Welcome to Plot Spackle. I'm John, and my dystopian street gang would be the hipsters, and their uniform would be ironic t-shirts. What do you mean by ironic, John? Like, Well, like, say you had a shirt on, and it said classically trained, and had a picture of like an old video game uh, uh, controller on it. That That would be pretty ironic, because... Everyone knows that video games can't be classical because they're from the wrong period of time. I almost feel personally attacked with that. And just as an FYI, John, if you're going to have any t-shirts of some sort, it needs to be nonsensical. So, I don't know, it should have like a bird on there somewhere. All right, well, okay, fine. (laughs) Mine are the hipsters and they wear flannel. Well, I'm Richard. And my dystopian street gang is going to be the vacation dads. They wear t-shirts, cargo shorts, and socks and sandals. Do they wear uh, Hawaiian shirts over the t-shirt? They do. And usually they win fights through the power of money and just being like, I'll put it on the credit card. It's fine. Do they have a fanny pack? At least one. All right. I almost feel personally attacked with that, but... (laughs) I don't want to call out. All don't right, worry. So in just, a few just, years. <laughs> just be honest here, Eric, and say, instead of saying what your uh, uh, dystopian streaking is, my personal attack against myself is. <laughs> well, I'm Eric, and my dystopian gang would be the Y2Kers. People who are basically stuck in the early 2000s. Because, let's be honest, Fallout Boy was a lot better in the early 2000s because they actually used guitars in their songs my statement stands as we move on to the plot spackle where we discuss the plot holes in movies and try and make up why they they aren't really plot holes and please just give these movies a little bit of love stretch your imagination a whole bunch and uh we got some plot holes to fill today what are we gonna fill them with guys um flammable rivers the oversized uh, smog fans what about a tear a single tear from a mutant see now you're quoting fallout guy music again fallout guy whatever i thought we were just going to fill them with uh discount jacks from jack city if you don't get our jacks you don't know jack jack city and you if you probably haven't guessed because it's unlikely any of you have seen this movie and if so have not remembered anything from it we are talking about double dragon the next movie in our video game series So, to get on with the plot synopsis, Double Dragon stars two brothers who are really into martial arts. Um, They, however, come into possession of one half of the Double Dragon Medallion, a super-powered item that can give you superior strength and spooky ghost skills. Our two characters, who I totally remember the names of, but I'm not just... uh, yeah, Jimmy and Billy, because you oh, knew what their you. names were. Yeah, Jimmy and Billy. I thought it was Ugg and Home. No, it was Come. 
What? Comely, homely, ugly. Oh. Angry. Stanley? No. Well, to be fair, this time Marvel was in Dire Straits, so we probably would have cameoed in this. I mean, this Anyways. is the same year that uh, Fantastic Four didn't release a movie. So we have uh, two so, amulets, one of which gives you CGI powers and one doesn't. One, I guess, gives you rotoscoping powers? That's the CGI powers. I thought the ghost one was rotoscoped and they just kind of drew like blue lines over the one of them. It was basically just a quick bevel and emboss in After Effects. I don't even think After Effects existed at this time. Besides the point, we have our two characters who are trying to keep their half of the medallion safe. From the Terminator. I thought it was Vanilla Ice. Uh, Which Terminator? The T-1000. Okay, yeah. The T-1000 with a bleach top. Yep. Uh, yeah, n- not his whole hair, just like a quart, a three-fourths of it. But not like the tips either. It's not It's not frosty tips. It's like a... Fro- the frosty pompadour. Yeah, it's like, imagine root beer. Like... With the froth on top, but as a hairstyle. You know, that just sounds accurate enough to work. Uh, Basically, um, our antagonist is searching and sending out loads of gangs with very different forms of uh, coordination. Um, You know, thematic, thematic coordination. But they were all dedicated to those themes. They, you know what? Dues are tough. They gotta, once you're in, you're in. Gotta wear those frog gloves forever. As long as you have your mime face on. <sighs> so, our, our two protagonists are trying to protect their half of the medallion until it eventually gets stolen. And they have a final confront confrontation with a bunch of uh, solo Dixie Cup wearing kids who, through the power of the 90s, defeat the bad guy and his henchmen. They have to succeed at the generator starting minigame. In the end, though, you're wrong. Because it's about Jimmy and Billy Lee, um, martial art instructors, trying to fight, find their girlfriend who has been kidnapped by the Shadow Warriors. That's the, that's the video game, John. To be fair, the superior uh, story, but... Or lack thereof, or something. I don't know. Basically... This movie is based off of a video game that they then decided not to use any any portion of. No, yeah. no, they punch people, and th- there's a bad guy named Bobo who's a big buff guy. And a bad guy named Linda, and she uses a whip. You know, I didn't never got that far or far enough in the games to actually know about the giant whip lady, but... You know, if you had more quarters, you'd know more about video games. Fact of life. Your, your knowledge of uh, arcade games is directly proportionate to your allowance. I mean, they did also do a home console release. Which is also directly proportionate to your allowance. But uh, let's get some facts about the movie. Alright, so Double Dragon released on the 4th of November 1994. Had an estimated budget of $7.85 million dollars. Earned 1.3 million of those dollars back on the opening weekend and had a cumulative worldwide gross of 2.3 million. Wait, only 2.3? Only 2.3. Huh. So what you're telling me 
is that if we converted their budget to quarters, they would have as much knowledge of the video game as they do currently. Yes. I'm saying that this movie, if you used the the amount of money that it earned, would give you the world that it's set in. A post-apocalyptic lawless wasteland. I mean, not lawless. Uh, only semi-lawless during the nighttime hours. Isn't that technically lawful, though, if the law is not to have law? Like, it's just a nightly purge. I mean, it's not that everything's legal. It's just that nobody's going to prosecute you for it because they can't actually do that. And I, it feels more like you can just run around on the streets without consequence. Like, if you enter your house, the gangs are supposed to leave you alone. Yeah, it's just the streets are theirs. It's the streets of rage. That's a different game. You're right. All right. Any any more facts about this movie? Any trivia? Well, there's plenty of trivia on this one. The They went all in on their really bad puns. The Several of the stars of this particular film were from other things at the time. Our bad guy Linda was from General Hospital. Our girlfriend Marion was from Who's the Boss? And they have witty banter about said, about said shows. So they did lots of fourth wall breaking. And let's see. So we had not Vanilla Ice, who was actually our Terminator. We have the main character, Jimmy Lee, who went on to become the chairman on uh, Iron Chef America. There was a lot of just things in there. And they did actually manage to smash up a double dragon cabinet in the fight scene. There, there, Yeah, there was a Double Dragon arcade cabinet in the movie. And we found out, because they're willing to just smash all of those, why the games in the Nickelcade don't work that good. They are donated from uh, donated. Double Dragon. They were sold to try and recoup some of their losses. <laughs> Never before has anyone sp- spent so much money to make it look like they didn't spend any money. I was trying to find out what the significance of graffitiing NASA crew everywhere across this set was, but I could not actually find out why they did that. Wait, so the graffiti NASA crew? Yes. Are these probably like conspiracy theorists who believe that uh, Stanley Kubrick faked the uh, moon landing? Well, everyone knows he faked the moon landing, John. Every, But, you know, because he's such a stickler, he decided to film on set. Yeah, you gotta or film on location. on location. Film it on location, yeah. But, like, yeah, NASA crew was graffitied everywhere across their set. Wait, when did uh, Apollo 13 come out? Like, the movie movie? or Yes, like the, the actual... movie movie. I think that was 97. 95. Maybe it's the same production crew. Like, this is their, their B this team. Was their, this was their secret hint that, hey, we're working on this movie, too. Yeah. I don't know. We'd have That's something you could probably find out. I don't know if you looked into it beforehand, though. I did not. It's just a like theory. I, said, I was just trying to find out what why they were graffitiing NASA crew everywhere. Jimmy Lee, the uh, chairman, was actually a martial artist. I I, th- I think he he did look like he was doing more with his uh, routines. Yeah, he like he was actually like a martial artist champion by the time he was seven, and so most of his stunts he did himself, and he like uh spr- like he sprained his ankle the first day on set. And just wrapped it and didn't tell anyone and kept filming. That's pretty hardcore. Because screw it. 
That is dedication to a movie that should not have received that level of dedication. But how many things had he done before? Was it like maybe this like, oh, yeah, this is going to be my big break. I guess that's true. I mean, not that many things. Let's see if we scroll back. He had been in 10 other things. Not a lot, like as an actual actor, you're usually doing a lot more before you. Most of them were TV series and TV movies, but he was in uh, American Samurai before this, and he was on an episode of Tales from the Crypt. All right. Now, um, where everyone's here for the plot holes. Where where are we getting plot holes from? From the depths of Reddit, because not enough loads of people say that there are plot holes, but again... No one's willing to give me a list of them. This is my newest pet peeve. Anyone who says that there's a plot hole, you now have to supply that plot hole. That is, it's a law. An, an agreement agreement between the cops and the gangs. That if you say there's a plot hole, you have to say what the plot hole is. Yes. But there were two people on Reddit who were willing to say that they had found a plot hole and what that plot hole was. All right, we will defeat these plot holes. Using the strength of the double dragon. Oh, I was going to say the power of friendship? No, this was no friendship. This was magical amulets. Friendship can only take you so far. Look, they definitely had some kind of friendship fusion with their, like, spin-around kick technique. (laughs) But, no, all right. So, are you prepared for these plot holes, Eric? Yes. All right. So, they spend a lot of time in this movie... Showing that we are in New Angeles, post-apocalyptic Angeles, they, Los Angeles. They have the Hollywood River that goes past the Hollywood sign that's been really scaled down as the boats go past it. And also the uh, the Chinese theater. The... The, yeah, they, they do go on the Hollywood tours still, but they do a lot of times showing that this is L.A. And yet when our cops are going to take back the take back the streets and they storm they go outside and he's going to storm out off and get in his car to go and save the day he doesn't save the day by the way but he goes and makes a big stand he stomps out of that police police station with an ohio flag proudly waving above it all right well why are we flying ohio flags in in the for the cops in california well, you see, this is a, a future alternate past horrible world. It's a bad timeline. Future alternate past horrible world? Yes. Okay. Is that the technical term? It is the technical term as it's a future uh, extrapolation based on the past that is not our own world. But we also know, for instance, instead of calling it New York, they call it Old York. Because now there's a newer York. There might be a newer York. There there has to be a newer York. That's why old York. That's how you get someplace that's now old York. Isn't that in England though? So are they calling the one in no, England? See, no, no, that, see, that was just, just York. York. Just York. Would it be old, old York? It's, it's just called York. And then there was New York, but now there's a newer York. So that one has to be old York. And it's not just Los Angeles now. It's New Angeles. So we know that there's been stuff going on with cities and uh, big problems. I and they, still they don't say, believe that somehow 
New Angeles well, is in the state of Ohio. We're, we're going to get there. No, no, no. It's a multiple step thing. All right. So do you know why are they called the Lakers? Because this is a direct uh, combination there. Why is the uh, Los Angeles basketball team the Lakers? Why? I am not. I am not sports ball literate. All right. I'm not a hundred percent sports ball literate either, but it's because I believe the team franchise was originally in uh, either Michigan, and they bought the name the Lakers. Like they bought the team for in uh, Los Angeles, so they moved the whole team there, and that's why it's the Lakers, even though there's no lakes in Los Angeles. So it's the same thing, really. I always they thought it bought... was a terrible LA LA pun. The LA Lakers. They uh, they bought the Cleveland, Ohio, police department, and moved that to Los Angeles to help their own police department, and they kept the flag. Where's that? I mean, I, I find this to be the best possible solution here because it is so thematically dystopian. It does support a corporate dystopia. I will give you that. I think, this is me, I think Ohio just annexed Los Angeles. <laughs> so Ohio just... Took over, yeah. Is, is it everything in between, or did they specifically, like, annex... Did they just annex New Angeles? Just New Angeles, yeah. Alright, I will accept one of these two explanations. Now I'm thinking, too, I mean, maybe, maybe that explains why our bad guy in this movie... Um, is able to be the richest man on the wor- in the world, but still live in New Angeles. It's because he's paying an Ohio tax base instead of a uh, a California tax back tax base. I mean, I guess. So either or, either uh, either they bought a- the uh, the Cleveland, Ohio police department and used that to. Uh, as part of their to replace their own police department, got which got destroyed by the gangs after the big earthquake, or it was uh, Ohio deciding they want to annex uh, New Angeles, probably to get because California had to pay off a debt or something. Well, duh! I mean, California has to pay off so many debts. Wait, where's Pepsi headquartered? I think that's uh, in, Pepsi's uh, in Denver. Pepsi's in Denver. All right, I was going to say because I know at one point Pepsi had uh, one of the world's largest navies. Mm-hmm. So maybe some Ohio-based company <laughs> bought New Angeles. Okay. All right. I will accept this. What is Ohio uh, export? What is Ohio's biggest uh, business? We're going to look this up now. <laughs> uh, telecom, I think. Isn't that the uh, where Cincinnati Bell? All right, Ohio, um, Progressive, Big Lots, Kroger, so they... Sherwin-Williams. All right, so I'm going to go with Sherwin-Williams. <laughs> the paint. They painted the town red with blood. And they're willing to sell to the gangs who are... No, yeah, no, it's, it's, it works like that because there's the big earthquake, right? So, uh... And after the earthquake, the gangs went wild. And you know what gangs do? Tag stuff. They did the tag stuff. And so while they're still trying to defeat the, the gangs, California is buying all the paint to paint over the, the, the graffiti. The, the company is also selling to the gangs. Yeah. And so California goes so in debt 
to Sherwin Williams that they sell off the city of New Angeles, the city of New Angeles to Ohio to, to Sherwin Williams, and which is then incorporated into Ohio. All right, I'll take it. <laughs> that is that is the best possible choice here. This is, uh, I mean, it's even better than uh, New Angeles buying the the Cleveland Ohio Police Department and transferring them without changing the flag. Sherwin Williams owns New Angeles in this timeline. All right, and then our other plot hole. So we've got the two halves of the medallion. One of which gives you spooky ghost powers. The other one means that the spooky ghost can't possess you and you can get punched through walls while not being hurt. And at the end of the movie, there is the uh, giant mutant that wants to drive a car. And they assume that it is the guy with the amulet that lets you get punched through walls and not get hurt possessing that guy. And they think that it's a funny joke until he climbs out of the back seat and they realize that they have let the giant mutant drive their car. Except that the guy with the amulet that lets you get punched through walls has never once touched the amulet that lets you become a spooky ghost, doesn't possess anyone ever. Why would anyone, why would they assume that this is him possessing someone? All right. Well, our two people who were involved in the this situation is Marion, who actually has no clue about the uh, functionality of the uh, amulets and their limitations. She knows that it lets you possess people. She's watched it happen. And she's also the one that lets us know that the uh, regular body amulet prevents you from being possessed because she watched the uh, spooky ghost guy bounce off of our guy earlier when he tried to do that to get the amulet. She does have knowledge of how it works. All right. Um, our other guy, though, is kind of dumb. I will accept that they that the brother is not the smartest. So, based off that, we have our dumb brother and our person who knows what's going on. Perhaps she is just trying to get uh, uh, the mutant into the front seat of the car so she can flirt with the other brother. Because she's dating the one, kind of. But she's flirting with the other one as well. So I think this was just a big play on her part. So it was a trick. Except she gets into the car and then screams afterwards when the mutant, when she realizes that the mutant is not the brother. I think she was mostly screaming because uh, Billy was hanging out in the back of the station wagon and did not have a seatbelt on. Well, this was the 90s. None of the station wagons had seatbelts back then. I know, but he should, he could be in the front seat. Who's running the combustion engine? Who's going to throw random garbage into the engine to make it go faster? When you're letting a mutant drive, the mutant's going to go fast. And he's not going to turn very well because his muscles are too big. Like impractically big? They were impractically big. Or maybe she thought that uh, Jimmy would catch on before they got going. And she realized, oh, wait, my plan went too far. I didn't think this far ahead. The mutant is actually going to drive. And mutants got to go fast, like Sonic, who's a mutant. Was Sonic a mutant, though? How Pretty many sure. blue hedgehogs do you know? That's not a natural coloration. 
to be fair, there's like, well, I guess he does hang out with Fox with two tails. So why don't you compare a hedgehog and Sonic and tell me somehow that Sonic is not a mutant. He's not a real hedgehog, though. I mean, like Knuckles is an echidna and echidnas don't have like spiky fingers. Mutants, see, see mutants. Or they're just from a different world. A I think we're getting off, world. I think we're getting off topic. We'll get. We'll discuss this in a different, different video game. Oh movie. yeah, we're gonna get there. We're gonna get there soon, aren't we? It's coming up pretty quick. All right. Yeah, Eric. What's your excuse for uh, for Jimmy and uh, Marianne? Assuming that the brother Billy is a is a ghost, I'm thinking because once they've activated the double dragon amulet. They both share in the powers because they get those uh, cool suits. So it's like you if you have one of them, you can use one of the powers. But once you're in sync and able to, you know, it's the yin and yang sort of thing. Once you're balanced, you have all the powers. Oh, OK. I'm sold on uh, Eric's. I would accept that. That's a better one. I will accept this. Especially because we see when the bad guy gets both of them together, he does not, in fact, become super ghosts. He becomes two ghosts with swords. Yeah, two ghosts with swords. And the swords can cut through most things, like lightsabers, but they're not invulnerable. Like, the uh, the, the wielders of the swords are not invulnerable. Well, they are, until you turn on the lights. So they have a protective layer of shadow? They have a protective layer of shadow. Yes. Yeah, so there we go. That's a... Uh... Since they've combined forces, they now both can turn ghost and become invulnerable. Okay, I will. As long as they've collected enough power-ups. Eaten enough street food? Eaten enough uh, wall chicken. Mysterious wall chicken. Mm, I'm pretty sure the trash chicken's better. All right, well, uh, that's our two plot holes from uh, Reddit. Do we have any plot holes? I mean, there wasn't a whole lot of plot to put holes in. There's a lot of walking. How about that? They they could be plodding along. They could be. But I mean, even even the like sinister plot wasn't particularly deep. Yeah, he just wanted to rule one major American city. Yeah, he repeated that several times. That was the li- like even Dr. Doofenshmirtz was going for the full tri-state area. <laughs> you know, though, that does bring up the fact that supports Sherwin-Williams owning New Angeles is that he sees that somebody else rules a major American city and he just wants to be like the CEO of Sherwin-Williams. I thought he was already a CEO. Why didn't he just go buy his own city? Uh, because after uh, Sherwin-Williams bought New Angeles, all the other states passed laws preventing a... Uh, preventing corporations from owning municipalities. Specifically but... interstate corporations. Oh, so like if you're a domestic uh, corporation, then you could definitely. Yeah. yeah, if you're as long as you're a local business, mm-hmm. it's fine. It helps them from leaving the state to go to Vermont for a lower tax base. It's Delaware. Sure, Delaware. That's Delaware. the right one. Delaware is the corporate tax haven. See, see, that's uh, that's how it works. So now you can make it so like you know what you guys can just own this city, as long as it's within the state, and you pay your taxes. I guess. I, or, you know, don't because you own the city. I guess if you own a house, you still have to pay taxes to the government. Man, taxes <laughs> suck. <laughs> <laughs> what 
Welcome to the true secret of power. Man, Vermont has high taxes, doesn't it? How do I get those two mixed up? They're eastern states. They don't matter. Yeah, they're... That's a lower cost of living, though. You're more likely to open a bed and breakfast. Today on Vermont Facts. (laughs) And you're almost certainly going to have uh, better maple syrup. It's true. We can't even get that here. We have to import it through, like, the Canadian gangs. And it's so expensive. Have you not heard about that, John? There was a huge, like, maple syrup heist in Canada a few years ago. Like, yeah, it was, like, 2018, I think? Something like that. Like, legitimately, like, $25 million worth of maple syrup was stolen in Canada. They have not found the suspects. That's, they should be following the pancakes. Like, no, like... (laughs) Just follow the biz quick. They legitimately, like, their biggest suspicion is that it was smuggled across the U.S. border and sold... (laughs) And they sold it as they sold it as regular syrup. <laughs> the people are just they're pouring out their like Aunt Jemima's and they're like, oh, oh no, John, you oh, will wait. not compare that maple syrup. There is a whole like grading scale to maple syrup. You have your A grade, your B grade, and like your C grade. A grade is top tier, like that's the Heisenberg stuff. Um, B tier, it's okay for cooking, but you don't really want to like. All right, eat it. I have one question for you, Eric. When was the last time you run maple syrup re- subreddit? probably around thanksgiving when i'm like crap i gotta make some uh, maple syrup snacks what's the best type of maple syrup and they said real maple syrup oh boy i even real maple syrup has grades yeah like if you if you guys want to go down a rabbit hole look up maple syrup grades it actually changed a couple years ago so there's people who want to stick with the old system and then there's the new system and boy it look it's all sorts of confusing i feel like every time someone proposes this we need to do a blind taste test to determine if they can in fact tell the difference between the syrups or if it's all in their head well we'd have to go to canada for that because i don't even think we can get a grade in the united states no we can it is one of those ones where it's it's like it's like localized to the eastern eastern seaboard Mm. and us in the west are basically shelling out for low grades uh um, schlock we don't have enough maple out here which is funny because we actually have a tree called the sweet maple tree. And you can get maple syrup from it. Well, maple sap, you turn it into syrup. Mm. Is, maybe it's just too sweet. But that's not a problem, though. It can be. Listen, it's all the bugs and stuff you want in there. That gives it its real flavor. So what we've learned now is that Eric likes his maple syrup crunchy, which before <laughs> this moment, you did not know was an option. You all, You just... We're part of those people who accepted the creamy maple syrup. You know, I'd say crunchy maple syrup exists in the 2007 past future timeline. Now, can we just say how oh, this yeah, is 100 dragons, huh? Can we yeah. talk about how this is actually 100% just the Biff Tannen timeline? Because they have a knockoff Mr. Fusion that runs their car. Only it does, like... Rather than being able to put like garbage in it and have it recycle and make your car go car work and fly and travel through time, instead this just burns it and produces more smog yeah. and shoots literal flames out the back of your car. Let's see, when is a uh, let's see, uh, it's twenty twenty fifteen. Twenty fifteen. So the uh, Biff Tannen doesn't get completely in power until after double dragon happens 
So we can assume that I, Double Dragon helped. I think it's a, Ka, it's a step along the way. It's yeah. the two thousands that he comes like into power. He's like firmly like entrenched in two thousand fifteen. He's been in power for a while. I think it, this is around the time that he takes over. I, th- I think the fall of uh, our bad guy in this movie helped was the final step for uh, Biff Tannen. So now that's, that's been placed in the movie timelines is that Double Dragon happens before uh, Back to the Future Part 2 midpoint. It's in that zone. This is before Biff Tannen reaches the full power. It, it's in that step along the way after he gets all of the money and is starting to set up his world. Yeah, he needed the uh, he just needed some other major corporate leader to fall down and leave a power vacuum. Maybe, yeah, that's where he learned it from. This is teaching like Back to the Future. Like, I mean, Back to the Future has stuff to learn about from Double Dragon. Double Dragon. All right, so uh. We've got our thoughts on the movie, so I guess we'll start off with, uh, does your current video game movie you take with you onto a desert island remain, or is it replaced by Double Dragon? I'm sticking with Street Fighter. I would probably stick with Street Fighter as well. I can't quite remember which one is, uh, it's either Street Fighter or Mortal Kombat. It's a toss up between the two. Double Dragon's whatever, you know, we're not even take. we're not even considering that. Double Dragon's out. Yeah, I'm staying with Street Fighter. Now, which one would you consider the the worst film? Mario Brothers or Double Dragon? Ooh. I think Mario Brothers. I'm going to say Mario Brothers. Okay. Like, that one was bad, whereas Double Dragon was just tedious and long. All right, so I'll say the big difference for me is that Mario Brothers wasn't sure what it wanted to be. No, it was definitely sure what it wanted to be. It wanted to be Blade Runner for kids. Yeah, it doesn't. It wasn't sure what it wanted to be. If it wanted to be, uh, like, if they wanted to know what they wanted to be, they'd be a different movie besides Blade Runner, which doesn't know what it wants to be. There's like five versions of Blade Runner. I mean, that is true. Whereas Double Dragons knows what it wants to be, and it is it. That's there's no question. That it's not alone. It's an intersection between a lot of different movies, but it feels like so many others. You're like, oh, I can see what's going on. This follows the uh, martial artists have to fight a bunch of gang roles. It's got dystopia roles. It's got mutants. I will give it that it definitely fits the theme for the video game it's based off of a lot better than Mario Brothers, even if somehow Mario Brothers manages to stick closer to its act, to the video game's plot than Double Dragon did. I mean, yeah, and Mario Brothers, they're plumbers, and they gotta save the princess, right? I think plumbers is just more of, like, an adjective instead of, like, the verb that they're trying to be. But in Double Dragon, they had zero girlfriends get kidnapped, ever. Not going to lie, I totally, as I was watching, I was like, okay, this girl's going to get kidnapped. Yeah, the whole time you're waiting for her to get kidnapped. And then she just dies like a chump. And she was obviously fulfilling the um, the mentor role in the hero's journey, but she really didn't mentor a lot. She was just kind of like there. She taught them how to uh, live in a abandoned theater. A fire hazard? Yeah. And Great she job. trained them in the way of the dragon. Yeah. 
that's the thing they told you off screen, right? You don't actually see her mentoring. And then she comes back as an Obi-Wan ghost. Oh, she was kind of like their coach, too, in the tournament. The, the, the official underground mm-hmm. tournament. With the one guy pre- frantically jacking up the ceiling. Yeah, I kind of forgot about that part, too. <laughs> Where they uh, they lost the tournament because of disqualification for uh, doing excessive a Excessive noogie. noogies. Yeah, excessive noogies. That's... Are we sure we didn't watch, like, the three ninjas? See what I'm saying here? If it was the three ninjas, the excessive noogies would have won the tournament. Man, yeah, the every... 90s had a, like, fascination with noogie. Yeah, so that's... That's what I'm saying here with this uh this movie there. We got the the noogies. It's you're like it's like three ninjas, which is a contemporary. Like they weren't trying to make high art here. They were trying to make they had a target audience and the movie fits the target audience. I guess. I mean, I wouldn't call it low art either. <laughs> I wouldn't even call it art. It was just and um, they have pretty consistent world building. Okay, good for them. Except for nobody melts in the river. It's true. They, wasn't this like PG? Yeah. I don't think that would... Well, I guess, you know, Raiders of the Lost Ark had a face-melting scene. And so also specifically they said if we fall in the water, we'll melt. And you'll have diarrhea for a week or something. No, that, was the, that was after they fell in the river. Like, well, beforehand, when, you know, like, the, uh, the hobos or... Hand, huddling around the fire and they're pouring water on it to keep the fire going <laughs> see you laugh now <laughs> yeah I, I, it's like they got the giant smog fans in the background um there's the businessman breathing from the oxygen machine oh yeah treating like a payphone. <laughs> okay so they had they did have good like world building and visual world building and whatnot but i mean and then the power core we know how they're saving the city by getting the street gangs off the streets and into their fun house. You know, with the power of 90s. Mm-hmm. What did they exactly... How many... I couldn't remember all the 90s stuff they had, but they had rollerblades. They had rollerblades, skateboards. They had the arcade that they had set up down there. Or weren't they wearing denim? Oh, they were the they were very nineties fashion. There was a... Yeah, the, like the... Like the fuchsia pink and like the yellow... Um, basically take, I don't know, a bus seat from the early nineties <laughs> bus seat. Just not turn it into a coat, turn it into shirts. Listen, it, it's not as iconic as the nineties Dixie cup. Um, that, you know, probably couldn't afford the trademark on that. Some of the, I, I think some of the special effects aged pretty well. I mean, it helps that their CG is trying to make someone into a flat image. It's true. So it does look like he's turned into a flat image when they converted him into a flat image. And some of it you just question, what what spawned this? Well, money. That's what spawned it. <laughs> I mean, did it though? Did it? Well, they saw how well Super Mario Brothers did and said, you know what? Let's do worse. No, see, the thing is they saw that someone was making Super Mario Bros. And they thought, we got to get in this business and strike while, they, while the hammer's hot. And so they jumped before they saw where Super Mario Brothers landed. It's true. 
in a world where Super Mario Brothers is popular, Double Dragon would be more popular. All right, uh, so what's your favorite part of the movie? I want to say that my favorite part of the movie is after the brothers have one of their many fights and then get they're like, all right, well, I guess at least this can't get any worse. And then they run into all of the street gangs and all of the street gangs are there to get, are there to beat them up. And it is so patently ridiculous as they just do this tableau of all of the different gangs out there. And you're just looking, you're like, all right, so we've got the mimes with the frog gloves. There's the people in like the, the British schoolboy uniforms. Those guys are literally just wearing sports jackets and ties. That group wears sweaters, but over their head somehow. There's that, uh, there's the postman guy and the, and the girl waving the bag. I, and like, there's another one, but waving a bag in a different way. The bag wavers. To become a bag waver, you have to master your own way of waving your bag. It can't repeat anyone else's bag waving way. And it's just so, it's so absurd. And I look kind of love it. So would you call, uh, it's kind of like that scene from Anchorman with the different news channels. Kind of. No, like, well, how about you, John? What's your favorite part of the movie? Uh, I'm going to go with uh, some low-level continuity was the best part. When uh, one of the henchmen's uh, ponytails gets stuck in a briefcase, it, it's there later. You know, they didn't have to do that. But they did. For one scene. They made sure they were consistent. That or the bad guy's uh, lying about how uh, he think- loves him like a son. And like a son, I can get another one. <laughs> that was a. Pr- I did laugh at that part. Um, Immediately goes after that into some weird tangent about his evil plans. Of course. That has nothing in relation. But you know, that one moment was pretty funny. It was a funny line. What about you, Eric? What was your favorite part? It's going to sound like a cop-out, but I definitely liked at the very end of the movie where it shows the two henchmen with signs saying, We'll hunch for food. Or looking for an evil genius to work for. That that, that is a very funny bit. That was a pretty good end. Or maybe maybe the single tear from our mutant when a Bobo sees what a monster he's become. Am I liking Double Dragon a little bit more? <laughs> Not really, no. It's would you I, guys I think you were just too harsh to it. You just have to like I said, it knows what it was. You should have expected it to be what it was. Just I think pull the up the nineties, drink some surge. Is that you're watching these on your own. You need to watch them with friends where you can look at it and go, this is ridiculous, right? And they'll go, yeah, it is. <laughs> well, we'll have to try that another time. Maybe see if we can get a streaming up or something. I mean, we did watch it at the same time. We were just not in the same room. Yeah. Or even connected via voice. Yep. So would you guys, so you would recommend this movie then? If people, if, if you if you like stupid movies and can take pleasure in them, if you like bad kung fu films, this is a very oh, bad kung fu. This film. is very bad kung fu. Now the real question is: Have riff tracks done a riff track of? This? They have one hundred percent done Double Dragon. So maybe that's how you should watch it. 
I was considering wa considering watching it with Rift Tracks, but I felt like we needed to kind of watch it pure when we're doing it for the when we're doing it for the review. Mm. I mean, we won't do that with Twilight. But that's the only way I'm ever going to watch that movie. I will never watch that movie on Rift. On Rift, you say that someday. We'll see. Maybe. All right. Do we have any other final thoughts on this film? How would you improve the film? Have girlfriends get kidnapped? Yeah, that's the first yeah, list. Step one, have the girlfriend get kidnapped at some point. Like, it was ripe for this, for potential for this to happen. Because she was, in fact, the daughter of the police officer that our corporate bad guy kept coming into conflict with. Like, even, even if she wasn't leading the gangs that were also fought, causing him problems. He had multiple reasons to end up kidnapping this girl. There were, there were a lot of reasons to kidnap the girl. She was leading the gang that was fighting them. She's the daughter of the police chief. He's trying to bribe and has, uh, and flirts with the, our two guys who have the, the double dragon. Yeah. Like that's a triple, triple motivation. And, and sure, it feels kind of cliche. But it, it gives you your plot from your original video game. And somehow actually works for being the evil bad guy plot on multiple levels. I also think maybe the, the brother should have beat up a Bobo before he gets mutantified. They should have thrown him off a conveyor belt. Yeah, they, they should have, they should have, uh, you know, he chases them down, then they have to fight him. And uh, then he, like, goes Super Saiyan or something. <laughs> or just, you know, arms himself, and then they get scared, and then Power Core can come in. And so he runs away, then he gets more powerful, and then he can beat them in the, in the theater. So, uh... I'll be honest, that would be the other thing I would change, is make him... Like, if you're going to turn him into the giant huge guy, make him at least kind of look like the giant huge guy from the video game instead of what they did. You mean just stuff pillows, like, all around his head and body and legs so he can't even walk? Yeah. It's probably one of the more comfortable, unwieldy makeup you can do, because you just, you know, sit back, you lean back, let your, uh... Giant neck pillow. Neck pillows just rest. Oh, but it's probably so hot, though. Think of that. Was it a single tear, or was he sweating? Sweating so bad it was... <laughs> you thought I was crying, but it was just sweat. It's like one of those motivational posts. Gone wrong. I, it's definitely like some kind of runner runner motto. Well, if Pain you... Pain is if, just weakness leaving the body, or I don't know. If tears you really are want, just sweating from your eyes. If you want to get... <laughs> If you want to get that real, like, swollen muscle look, though, you just inflatable air bladders. And so then he has a fan just running cool air through the the the, the muscles. So uh, it's cool, actually. I don't think it was for him, but it's nice to believe this. That's what I want to believe. All right. Well, I think that's it, guys. So, uh, you saw our usual thing, you know, leave a like on Facebook and maybe we'll start about a out a conversation about which is better crunchy or smooth maple syrup so 
usual thing you can find us on twitter at plot pod and tell us why crunchy maple syrup is the superior crunch or because smooth maple syrup is in fact the correct answer and you can elaborate it in a long dissertation send it to us in an email plot podcast at gmail.com and uh we'd like to thank our patrons uh you know Keep the lights up, keep the jacks pumped, because you do know Jack. Jack City.